Welcome to On the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. Welcome back to episode 87 of the On the Table Gaming Podcast, and we are hot off the heels of Gen Con Online, Gen Con 2020, where we had a Greatest Song of Ice and Fire panel, and then there was an after party. So thanks to everyone who showed up for that. And today I'm joined by Josh. Josh, welcome back on the podcast. How's it going, Chase? It's going pretty well. I know things, we're still over in COVID land here. I think I've, I've started this podcast <laughs> for months now saying that. Um, what, what have you been up to? Have you been getting any painting in, doing any uh, hobby stuff, squeezing it in between work? You know, uh, I I have been dabbling a little bit in the, the dreaded games workshop realm. I, I, oh. bought, I, I bought a little bit of Kill Team. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, How does, and a, a little bit can go a long ways for that game, right? Yeah, it's true. It's a skirmish. It's a skirmish style game. So it's like, you know, a handful of miniatures. But of course, what is funny is Games Workshop is still very much in this like old school business model where they like make you buy the books and in multiple, in some cases, multiple books to have all the like the rules and everything else. So coming from like, you know, Song of Ice and Fire, where like all of that stuff is like freely available online, there's like really easy to use list builders, like there is no like online list builder that works for games workshop. It's like, you have to like own the book and then look at the list builder and they don't give you any of the stats because that would be like giving away their money, which is just like kind of annoying, but it's a, it's a cool game. It's a lot of the miniatures are still a lot of fun to assemble and paint. You know, one of the things that's really cool about this game is that the miniatures are pre-assembled. And so we got to see some of those miniatures at Gen Con. Mm-hmm. It's exciting to see what's coming up in the future. I'm, I'm actually stoked. People probably can suspect why, but Let's let's maybe ease into it here, not jump into the coolest thing, but we'll look at some really cool yes. stuff. So we did see some of the sculpts for House Stark, and uh, the House Stark expansion is coming with the alt sculpts for the Sworn Sword Captain, alts for the Umber Champion, alt for the Cranaming Warden. We've got the Mormont Veteran, which was, we saw like a subject to change version at the Simon Expo where she gives the unit Hardened. Each time this unit is attacked after defense dice are rolled for each of its destroyed ranks, it automatically blocks one additional hit. So we know these cards are probably going to change up a little bit, but that's a pretty good defensive piece. We got the Krennigmink Survivalist and then the Winterfell Guardian. What do you think of these sculpts? I mean, the sculpts are are outstanding. I I like especially, I don't know which one's which. Is the Winterfell Guardian the, the mounted unit? Yes, I believe so. That That guy is outstanding looking i want i would love to know more about what exactly he does but this is such an interesting thing that like we haven't really had mounted attachments come in boxes yet you know i know that like mounted attachments exist in, in like the you know, targaryens but uh i'm super excited well i guess we have uh brendan tully you got you know the amount of rides the kickstarter exclusives right so you can't play any of those that stuff in tournaments like i mean we've played with it because you know we, we're kickstarter backers but like a lot of people don't have access yeah. to that stuff i mean it'd be really cool to see what this guy and the other thing is that all oh, the umber champion over there far on the left you for listeners at home we're looking at these slides from gen gun 2020 um the, the alt sculpt for the umber champion i mean he looks phenomenal and i think that's actually the art from the art book so these alt sculpts like we have seen uh, these pictures before so, Simon, you've been you've been keeping yeah. secrets for us for over three years since the Kickstarter, and now we're starting to see these. That's pretty that's, crazy to see, like how long maybe in their development cycle some of this stuff is. Yeah, yeah. No, I I definitely dig the sculpts. I mean, I think uh, yeah, the Umber Berserker guy is, is he's just got like a pretty sweet pose. I I, I the only thing is he doesn't have his uh, bear thing uh, over his head. You know, sometimes it falls back. You know, you gotta. It just, you know, he can't, he's got two axes in his hands. It's really awkward to be like, he's got to be like, hey, buddy, can you like pull my hood up for me? I don't want to 
ask myself, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Wolverine, right? Trying to like, you know, open doors and stuff, and you got these giant claws or axes in your hands. It's, it's just unwieldy. Now we don't know what the Kranigman survived. No, we does, don't. Right. So that is he like the one like crawling through a a small bush, or is it the guy with that? pointy stick yeah i thought it was the guy with the uh with the crawling through the the bushes with like the backpack and stuff because okay. the other guy i feel like oh, the cloak looks a yeah, little yeah. bit more like a warden but i don't know the warden's got like a like a broomstick or something or like a cross stick what's he got there is that a trident well i think it's one of those like is it yeah it's like the it's like the same spear that um, oh it is has, right she has one of those like yes. frog spears or whatever it's like the three-pronged yes. Sorry, lacrosse. Stick. What am I? What am I talking about here? Gosh, it could be. I mean, if you put a little net in there, you could do a little kit bash. <laughs> yeah, a little custom. Somebody out there has got to do that. Make a the the Stark uh, sports team where they're all like a sports apparel and yeah. When he's got that dagger, he's like hiding, sort of. It's uh, ready to ready to roll. Yeah, man, the sculpts look. This is like again. There's an axe on it. They're so detailed. Totally. And I think it's cool to see. So this is Big Child's creative or the people that actually do the sculpts that, that sculpt them. They're really just knocking out of the park. And I, mm-hmm. I'm excited maybe the most to have alternate sculpts so that you can have a little bit more variety in your units. Totally, I think yeah. starting with the Starks, the, the sculpts for single mold miniatures, like, you know, these you're not assembling these pre-assembled miniatures, I should say. The quality of the sculpts have always been great. But I do think the starter set, Starks versus Lannister, I think those are the most basic miniatures out of the range, right? Those are the first to come out and be released. And uh, I think adding some more variety to those, you know, the sworn swords and things like that, it just, it helps spice things up. I think technically the Stark Bowmen are probably the most basic sculpts. Yeah, (laughs) those are the ones. I mean, they're 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 still good, but they are. Yeah, that's not (laughs) the most fun unit to paint, you know. But you could totally, you could totally pepper these in, you know, with like if you have umbers, like, and you just want to like spice things up. There's no reason, you know, you can't just throw like a couple of these guys in with a rank and file too, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Because you're getting, is there, are there two of each of these in the box? Is that what's happening except for the horse? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so uh, I mean, totally. Actually, I don't know if that's confirmed. Oh, all right. That's what I was thinking, though. That's what my assumption was. But yeah, I have to go back to the show it that way. I would assume that. Yeah, you're it. right. That must yeah. be it. <laughs> if we're wrong, whoopsie. <laughs> that's okay. And then we also have the Lannister attachment box. Same thing goes here, right? And we got another mounted attachment, which is awesome the Clegane Butcher. And uh, Chanel on his podcast talked about how he would have this ability so fear. And he, we did see at Simon Expo a reveal of this. But some of these things have changed since then. And, you know, disclaimer, they may be subject to change still. So he has an order so fear. When an enemy engaged with this unit fails a panic test, one other enemy within long range of that unit must make a panic test. And he's got weakened resolve. An enemy engaged with this unit, when an enemy engaged with this unit fails a panic test, that enemy becomes weakened. So it's always great to get those weakened tokens out. And he's a two-point attachment. So... You know, anytime you're putting out panic tests in a Lannister army, especially if you're going with your classic kind of Lannister supremacy, like that's great. That's a lot of, you can get a lot of value out of that. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. I, I love the, again, the, not to like harp on it, but the mounted attachment here is so sweet looking. The folds and the fabric. Yes. Yes. He looks awesome. Yeah. I mean, they're just, all of these look just phenomenal. So we've got the alt sculpt for the guard captain, the assault veteran, the champion of the faith. Uh-huh. And then we've got this sentinel enforcer and turncoat and chanel on his podcast the song song chat you guys got to make sure you check it out if you if you haven't been he mentioned that this would be a one-point attachment with the order taunt when an enemy within short range that is line of sight of this unit activates the enemy must make a morale test on a failure it must declare a charge action against this unit if able 
So throwing Cersei out there, you can you can start to set up these force charges and really start to bog people down in units like guardsmen. Yeah. Or you know your halberdiers. Yeah, exactly. I think you're you're. I think that's a perfect example. Is like either forcing them to charge into the front of the halberdiers or just taking like a really expensive unit and just saying, well, you're going to be stuck fighting these guardsmen for the next you know couple turns because they're just going to hang around. So. I think that's a that's a pretty good attachment. Hard to top you know, the guard captain in the in the in the guard in the guardsman though, but that's pretty good, yeah. Yeah. And I think and the thing is like, you know, as of someone who's played Than a bit, um, you know, mm-hmm. short range taunt is very, very difficult to pull off. But when you do, yeah. like you feel like a boss. You're like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you pull someone off an objective or uh, yeah. you know, that's amazing. And then we got the Lannister turncoat. And so uh, revealed also on song chat, start of any turn once per game, deal one wound, gain one condition token, and cannot be targeted by tactics cards or use an order ability. So it's something you put in an opponent's unit. So you put it in their unit, kind of like the maimed hostage Jamie. Gotcha. Uh, we don't really know when that happens, if it happens like before or after deployment. Uh, it's a two-point attachment. And then at any turn, once per game, you can do a wound to the unit, can gain a token, and then it and it cannot be targeted by tactics cards or use order abilities. So it kind of just messes up one unit. And it's an infantry attachment, I would assume. Yeah, infantry. So infantry. I don't know. What do you think of mechanics like that where you're throwing stuff in other people's units? I love stuff like that. I mean, I love like Jack and Hagar, like the start version, like when you mm-hmm. kill the unit and you can go kill an NCU. I mean, that's that's outstanding. Uh I, I don't think we've ever really used the maimed hostage very often. Um but I, I still think it's a cool mechanic that you can do. I, I wonder, yeah, I mean, how valuable is it? Is it two points worthy to, to to do that? I don't know, maybe. If they're really relying on, like, one unit to, like... Yeah. Like, that's a big commitment for, like, one time ever. Um, but, you know, that but could be... The, two points to, to turn the tide on a specific turn? Or yeah. is the threat of it, like, enough? Where you're like, I, I know it's coming up on, like, the big game turns, like, and right. I need this to work. I better watch out because there's a turn code in my unit. Yeah, well, I mean, one thing is, like, one turn is still, like, that's, like, a, you know, what, a sixth of the game. And really, because turn one, you're, like, jockeying for position, so it's really, like, a five-turn game. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, people forget that, like, the, the, the number of turns in an actual game is very little. So this is, like, think about it, like, maybe a quarter or 20% of the total game, you're able to, like, shut off a unit and deal a, deal a wound to it. I think it's also like, and when do you do it? Is it the beginning of the turn or? or... Uh, start of any turn once per game. Okay. So you could even do it, you know, when it's about to be their turn, right? Sort of any turn. And you can yeah. just say, okay, well, these guys have one guy left and I can knock them down a rank by killing a guy and do it. You know, right. like, you can. And you're not going to like, you know, buff them with a tactics card and, yeah. and, they're, and they're weakened. So they're not going to actually hit me. Yeah. And, you know, you're, you're disabling something that's got like really relies on a lot like critical abilities right so maybe like um if you're playing against say you know the oh gosh the what are they called the honor guard the, the king's guard the king's, king's guard. guard yeah like them or like the uh, you know champions of the faith like some of these guys that really have like a ton of like synergistic abilities just being able to shut all that off is pretty awesome yeah you know i'm intrigued i'm, I'm interested to see it'd be fun to kind of mess around with and i'll yeah. probably pick a bunch of these attachment boxes just to like add a little bit more diversity to the game mm-hmm. Uh, and then we also have the Brathians, and the Brathians, um, you know, I know you've been waiting for all your Brathian goodness with your your stag knights and everything. Well, check out the alt sculpt on the Dragonstone Noble. 
So this was previously called the Lord of Dragonstone, but that chain that name has since changed. Mm-hmm. It's got an order sentinel. After another unit within long range is attacked, this unit make a free charge or maneuver action. If charging, it must target the attacking enemy. The range on that, I don't know if that's changed or not. I'm trying to remember what the uh I know this card is subject to change, and I'm not sure if it has changed, but I mean a unit gets attacked, you get to make a free charge or maneuver action. Those slow cavalry with their movement of four, that's super helpful for them. 100%, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's this is another awesome sculpt for sure. Uh, we also got the Stagnite Noble, which is wow. down there on the, the end with a beautiful hat. <laughs> got his antler still. Yeah. We got the alt sculpt for the Master Warden. That's actually pretty cool. I, I kind of like that one of the hammer down. I love that. I love that sculpt. Of all of them here, there's a lot of good ones, but I think that one's my favorite. And then we've got the uh, the alt sculpt for the Red Priestess. She's kind of mm-hmm. holding that stick out to the side, burning. Yep. And then the most intriguing one might be the High Garden Pikeman Captain. Yes. Yes. So some pikemen are coming. Yeah, and I wonder what that might be. I mean, I'm assuming so High Garden would be with the Renly side then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've got a lot of those like growing strong or uh you know, I guess even the base tactics that's like Stag's resilience where they can heal up wounds. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be really good with like a uh I'm I'm envisioning like a Lannister Halberdier style unit with like maybe set for charge. And so being able to heal up easily. Oh heck, yeah. gosh, I'm forgetting ours is the fury. After a friendly combat unit is attacked but not destroyed with melee, the unit make a free melee attack targeting the attacker. You could get I charged, mean, yeah. set for charge, ours is the fury, and then activate and make your regular attack. That could be heinous. Yes. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the whole thing about the Baratheons, right? They have all those cards that are just about punishing and counterpunching. So I think that uh, that could be a really useful unit. Did we talk about the other one, one too? Yeah, I was going to say. Thorn Guard Sentinel. Yeah, that's another cool sculpt. I like the pose quite a bit. Yeah, with the butter. It's like a, the, with the buttery color on there. It's like It looks almost like a, like an Assassin's Creed style yeah. pose or something. <laughs> I mean, the sculpts are just, oh, man, so good. They've gotten really good, for sure. And then we got the Night's Watch attachment box. So alt sculpt for the Watch Captain, the Recruiter, the Hardened Ranger, the senior builder, or as the community calls him, senior builder, and then the watch marshal. Yes, is the senior builder is that the is that the chunky fella? Yes, with the hammer down, so he gets to put out a stake, a set of stakes on the table, so he can once per game, I think, put out a terrain piece that gets in the you know in the way. You put a, a spiked terrain piece down near your unit, so mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's so I mean, that's a like the terrain. And I like the uh, the mounted, I mean, man, every time I'm saying the same thing, but the mounted sculpt here is pretty awesome looking. Right? I mean, God. Is that the, uh, so who's the, and which one is the one in the middle there, the sword pointing and the, and the cape flowing in the breeze? So that must be the watch captain, right? Yeah, he looks awesome. That's another. There's the really recruiters on the far left. Then we got the, his watch captain. So that guy with the, the, like, the ninja, that's <laughs> the, that's the hardened ranger. I'm not a big fan of that, the ninja. You're not a fan of the ninja. How can no. that be? I mean, it looks like, yeah, it looks like Shinobi in the middle. And and the one on the end, like, why does the recruiter have, like, a, is it like a cat of nine tails or like a morning star yeah. or something? He's got to, you know, whip those recruits and be like, you guys, you're <laughs> bad people. You're yeah, join up, guys, or you're getting whipped. I thought at first it was like a bouquet of flowers, maybe. Like a wealthy bouquet of flowers. <laughs> and he's like, I'm a scorned lover, and I've joined the Night's Watch. As a free folk player, you know, 
I have to, you know, make some comments with Night's Watch. So that's that's one. That's what my digs are going to the 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 recruiter. Yeah, it's just kind and, of a. It's like sort of like a like a you know, it's very like a like a limp sort of <laughs> like you know mace or something. I just the pose for that one. I doesn't doesn't grab me. Yeah, that one maybe doesn't. It doesn't speak to me. I guess I might say, but all the other ones I think are out of the park. Yeah, I like the I like the chunky guy the best. Yes, senior builder. Senior builder. The one thing that is uh, devastating is there are no free folk attachment boxes here. They did not reveal that for them. So sadness. We'll have to maybe wait and see. My expo is this upcoming weekend. Maybe they'll reveal them then. I don't know, but. Do you not have uh, a, do you not have enough good attachments yet? Is that listen, man? You can never have enough good attachments for the free. Like, how much is this negative five points? What does it do? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, they also reveal the the neutral stormcrow dervishes. We'd seen them before. The sculpts are amazing. Yeah, we know cool. what the unit does, but like, wow, those guys are great. Almost enough to make me wish there was coin beyond the wall because I would I would maybe take a, a pack of these guys. Plus, they're like crazy with their free maneuvers jumping around, mm. but. Now we get into the, the, the big stuff here, right? Oh, yeah. So we got Greyjoy's, House Greyjoy Sculpt. Now we had, you know, seen the stat card for the Ironborn Reavers, but now we get to see the sculpts. And, you know, the Ironborn Reavers, these guys, first off, like, look at the banner. It's like a squid banner. It's I was so about cool. to say, that's the best detail on the whole thing is the squid banner. And you got these big hardy guys with their, their like, uh, Norse, like, Viking-style helmets on, uh-huh. their big beards. Uh, it looks like they got like necklaces or like braided beards that look almost like tentacles on the front of some of the helmets, and they're double wearing axes in like combat poses. Yeah, they're very God. yeah. They're they kind of got like a like a Viking, even more so Viking than like the Umber Berserkers. And the guy who's like right next to the banner, I'm assuming that's like the whatever the yes. captain attachment would be. Like that guy looks awesome. The the eye slits are like a little bit more narrow on his helmet. Yeah, and he's kind of like looking makes him down look a little some, bit. Yeah, he's got like this menacing look. Yeah, this is amazing. And you're gonna paint him in these like kind of the the unit card is that kind of like uh, tealy dark green. Mm-hmm. And these guys would just look so cool with their cloaks that way. Like these are gonna yeah. be such a joy to paint up. Yeah, hundred percent. And then we got the House Greyjoy House Harla Reapers. These guys have these crazy sickles. Uh, also cool banner, not this, not as cool as the squid one, but it's not you know, I wonder what we're going to see for these guys as far as units. So I don't know. I'm assuming it's going to be, you know, offensively oriented. Yeah. I mean, it, maybe like similar to like great axes or something like that. Like we've seen two handed weapon specialists, right? So maybe it'll be like them or, um, you know, maybe like the night's watch basic unit there. I mean, it could be, uh, you know, some of that kind of a critical blow. Yeah, that would make sense. And so maybe they would also be in that same range where it's like they hit hard, but maybe don't have the best armor. Yeah. I, I, the thing for me that this all comes down to is, is the pillage mechanic that we saw on the Ironborn Reavers central to the identity of the faction? Or is pillage kind of like gang up in Free Folk? Where it's like their base unit does something with it. And maybe there are some other things that are going to play with it. But like, will every unit in House Greyjoy have it where when they you know, are killing stuff, they get better? Or is it more spread out? Or do they have different abilities based on pillage tokens? Or is like pillage the same mechanic for everybody? I guess we'll have to wait and see. But I would I would think that it probably is going to be something that we see kind of across the faction. Maybe not every unit has it, but probably something that would be very much a part of their identity. And then that kind of brings us to the House Greyjoy Iron Bowman. So this was uh, 
teased by Fabio Curry at the Simon Expo. He said there's a ranged unit. And then he kind of like walked it back. And then Michael Sonal was like 100% there's a ranged unit in the starter set. So these are them, the Ironborn Bowman. Going back to the, the sculpts look amazing, but going back to the idea of pillage, like, do you get pillaged on a pillage on a ranged unit? Like, well, because like, pillage is like taking stuff, right? Like, you, I mean, I guess yeah, I'm taking lies. I could, like, I could shoot you with an arrow and take your stuff. That's true, I guess. But <laughs> I don't know. So it's like, you know, I just so excited. Like, that's what I want to know is like, how does pillage integrate with the faction? Mm. And is it just like bonuses to attack? Or like, could you do like, I spend pillage to get like an extra arrow shot? Or like, no, that's, that's too powerful. But like, uh, bonuses to hit, or like, I can spend it to move or do something. Yeah. I, li- I like these quite a bit, though. And I like that they're putting a ranged unit in a, in a core box. I think that's awesome. Yeah. I, you know, combined arms or diversity of your forces, I think is really a good habit for players to get into, like mm-hmm. thinking about when list building. I know Lockie Carter from Australia is a big proponent of that. And, you know, I think it really just makes sense to be able to have a lot of threats, uh, a lot of ways to deal with multiple threats and to threaten your opponent. And I think it's just a good philosophy to get into for playing rather than like maybe trying to skew one way, like getting used to playing kind of all comer based lists. Yeah. Well, uh, and I think it's, this is one of those things too, where like when you get the starter set, you should really be playing like every possible permutation of like the faction because like, you know what I mean? Like playing Baratheon, like the first thing I saw were like the stagnants were like, like looked really bad on paper, but I did want to try them out a couple of times and just like see, you know, what does it feel like on the battlefield? And it's like, you know, it's, it's, Sometimes you'll surprise yourself and you'll be like, wow, this unit is way better than I thought it was going to be. Sometimes yeah. you'll be like, oh. Sometimes it's like a paper tiger or something. You're like, yeah. This is amazing. And you're like, oh, no, wait. Right. Not so great. Yeah. Yeah. And then we got the, the Greyjoy starter hero. So they actually spoiled now what's in the box. What's in the box? It's Asha Greyjoy, Victorian Greyjoy, Roderick Harlaw, and then Aaron Greyjoy. So Aaron also known Damper. Aaron Damper, yeah. Damper, and or, Asha, yeah. Asha Greyjoy, not yara Greyjoy. yeah oh do you yeah the the one the weirdest thing about that was the reason they changed her name from asha to uh, yara was because of the name osha that wildling that runs like you know runs away with rick and yeah. brand like nobody knows that character's name just call her asha she's like yeah. she's a huge she's a huge character and the thing is, is like the Game of Thrones already has so many similar names, but they're like, no, 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 no. Yeah, we have three Here's mountains. where we draw the line, Asha and Osha. Yeah, it's not confusing for the mountain to be played by three different actors and for, uh, oh gosh, who is the guy they replaced that was, you know, uh, oh, oh, uh, Darius Naharo. Dar- yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's like, he looks <laughs> Wait a way different, way different between yeah. one piece of the, but, you know, of course, you know, gotta draw the well, line I was, somewhere. Yesterday, randomly, I was reading a thing about how they translated into other languages mm. and how a problem that was, what a problem that was for Hodor, spoiler, in the show, uh-huh. when he has to say, like, hold the door, hold the door, hold the door. But Hodor and hold the door are, like, totally different sounds in some languages. Of course. So they just have him saying it over and over again, and then it's just like, you know, like, you know, for, Fermilla Port or something. And you're like, what? That's not, like... <laughs> <laughs> they like tried to make him say something totally else, and it's like, oh, okay. that's funny. They should have like revealed that to like the international audiences, like by like giving Hodor like, a different like sound like, like call name. Hold the door in, in, yeah. in my language. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so kind of an interesting moment there. So you know, maybe Asha doesn't go down as the actually. You know, I guess they didn't change Hodor's name, but uh, but they were going to change Asha. So there was some yeah. some complications there. Yeah. But so Roderick Harlaw Harlaw is the deep the deep cut on this group, I think. Yeah. 
So he is the Lord of the Ten Towers and head of House, Har- of House Harla. Uh, he loves to read. He's got his book there. And uh, he's captain of the Sea Song. And he's known for reading in the bathroom. This is when right before the live stream community event, you know, so they did their official broadcast and we did our community live stream. We were all like frantically Googling, um, you know, Song of Ice and Fire Wiki to be like, who the heck is that again? Like, <laughs> I don't remember him. The worst thing is I don't even know where I had it. I made a chart of like the most obscure Greyjoys. And I was yeah. like, it's going to be one of these. Like there's a bunch of when um, Balon Greyjoy falls off, falls, like allegedly falls off the bridge and dies. At his funeral, they mentioned like 12 family members that like that's the only time they're like mentioned in the book. Yeah. And I think it's gotta be someone like that. It's gonna be one of those guys, but that's a future hero box. Of course. They'll like Dagmar cleft jaw. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And then uh we got of course a Victorian Greyjoy. Awesome. So that crap. best sculpt of the uh, you know, so far what we talked about, this is the best one. So it's, epic. It's like Skeletor or something. He just looks yes. This might be one of the coolest mods. I mean, I hope his stats are good. And I'm going to say something that I may regret because I am a huge Free Folk fan. I think all the stuff is good. But uh, I think Rattleshirt might be one of the coolest miniatures in the game. Mm -hmm. I don't play him that often. But this guy is like at Rattleshirt. And I should say the Lord of Bones to be respectful. Because Rattleshirt was a diminutive name, right? Yeah. But the Lord of Bones, this guy is on that level of coolness. I hope he's awesome. He's got the right pose. He's got that, like, he's got, like, again, like, sort of like a downward look with, like, the narrow eye slits that just looks so menacing. Like, yeah, tall. and also has got the, like, come at me, bro thing right next to him, like, arms yeah. open, like, come on. He's, like, a foot taller than, than, uh, yeah, man. Harlock. Well, and now, you know, it could be that Asha and, uh, Roderick are more like Loris height, and he's just typical, but yeah. we're, we're never, we're never now. Low blow, low blow. <laughs> All right, so you know, that's the great. Pretty cool. You think? Are you interested in picking up Greyjoys? What do you think? I I would give them a go. I, I want to take a look at what if it's different enough than than potentially for sure from what. I, okay, because I'm thinking this might be my my second faction that I play because Free Folk gonna be I'm my thing. But these guys, I mean, what I'm scared, what I'm honestly scared is I'm gonna play them, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be like playing Free Folk, but where I kill stuff. You know? like, right. 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 Where I'm just like, oh, it's not me about me outnumbering and like dragging you down slowly, but it's about instead of me like punching you hard, getting an advantage, and then like riding that advantage out. Yeah. I, I think I think the I think the Greyjoys are super interesting. They're an awesome faction. I, I liked playing them in the card game, in the board game, but I, I'm always like first and foremost, I'm always about like the factions that I liked in the books and, and like in the show. And so I'm always like Stark and and like the the show version of the Greyjoys are pretty lame in comparison to the book version in my opinion yeah that's true they were kind of like eh, they didn't really do that much except for euron <laughs> plot plot oh, armor euron. oh dear it just shows up everywhere <laughs> it's like you know I what was this is the story is getting a little long Let's just kill all of them spoiler alert <laughs> yeah spoiler, spoiler. I, you know, at this point i think it's okay territory but i was yeah, surprised okay. honestly just knowing michael chanel that when they showcase the dragons that they didn't immediately showcase euron because i feel like he just shows up wherever the dragons are uh-huh. i get they're doing it off the books not the show but yes oh my god but you know what i think euron great would be crazy in this game because he's so cool in the books yeah and he's going well, to he magic up with that posse of like guys yeah. who've seen the end of the world and like right? came back all crazy looking like he could be There's your Kingsguard unit. style unit where you're yes. just like, oh man. Everybody does like, something different. 
I am the most interesting man, and this is my unit. He'll have a guy who can blow a horn and then die. Yeah, <laughs> just like yes, exactly. Hey, might, that, are you kidding me? That might be the mechanic. They're like once per game, like kill this guy and he yeah. blows the horn. Blow a horn. One unit becomes vulnerable. One take a wound. No, what I'm most excited about for House Greyjoy is I think this also will open up some more cool ideas for like uh, more thematic games, right? And so that's yeah. somewhere where I think in the way COVID hit, you know, we originally had those thematic campaigns, the Battle of the Whispering Woods, which is really cool. And then we didn't see a lot more of that, right? It's been three years. We haven't had as much. And then they came out with that mini campaign, right? That yeah. had the special units. Yeah. Um, I know that's a beta version and they kind of released it so that people could have something to do at home during COVID. It'd be really cool to see what maybe the Greyjoy piece of that might be and and maybe have some other sort of thematic scenarios come out, right? Because I think, you know, not a lot of communities are necessarily up and running again, but mm -hmm. when people really get back to playing this game more regularly, you know, there's only, you know, the competitive scene is great, but like, you know, you're mostly playing with your friends at stores, et cetera, and they might not have a big tournament scene, right? Or you have to travel for that. Having some more cool scenarios would be cool for now. We have so many beta modes, but I mean, like some thematic style ones that are, uh, right. you know, hit and run and take this thing, or I don't know. Well, I think, and I think the other thing about turn mode is it's like sort of self limiting because you, you know, by its nature, you're looking to take like the absolute most competitive version of a fa like, and right. that means sometimes you're not using specific units. Sometimes you're not using whole factions, you know, depending on how dominant. Uh, well, and, and I know you got, you know, you are a big competitive X-Wing player. So I think you, yeah. know, you could, this really speaks to some of your experiences. Oh, totally. It's like, and, you know, the whole thing, like there was like this, you know, when back in the X-Wing days, like there was this legend of how bad Boba Fett was in the game. You know what I mean? He, he was mm -hmm. so awful. And it was like one of the most beloved characters in the entire universe. But I would rather take some no-name, you know, pilot just because like the, the ship is, has better stats. Right. You know, I want the inquisitor from, you know, the clones TV show that I've never watched an episode of, as opposed to Boba Fett, you know, and, that, and that's the kind of the same thing where it's like, you know what, sometimes it's more fun to just say, I'm going to run like a list that's going to be like, a, I'm going to field like an actual like army that would be composed of stuff, like a mixed unit of Starks. Like I'm going to have Bowman. I'm going to have, not just trying to take like the absolute meta crusher, like, you know, then, cause then you, what you do too, is sometimes you find out that like a game is better than you thought. Right. You know? Well, the best I, thing is when there is a, when people do follow, like kind of chase a meta and sometimes like playing off meta really hard. Yes. Can really crush a meta list, you know? And, but I guess I'm just oh, yeah. not really interested in that style of play. Like I don't net lit, net deck or, but I guess that's not, the game isn't really about winning. It's more about like hanging out and playing a fun game. That's, Got a yeah. lot of like decision points and like, oh my gosh, and like, oh this, oh that. Right. Yeah. And it's not even, sometimes it's not even about like, okay, I, I definitely am going to take a list that's like purposely suboptimal, but like, you know, just making it less about who wins resolving a story, you know, or, right. you know, if you are playing that campaign, like, you know, I think one way to really like juice it up would be to like impose some restrictions. Like, let's say you're Starks and you're fighting a campaign and now you're moving through different regions. So now you have to start to structure your army to like, favor the you know the tullies because you're fighting in the south and maybe now you're up north and so now you got the umbers more like you know you can kind of like self-impose some like list building restrictions and that kind of forces you to like you know be a little bit more creative and try some stuff out and like at the same time kind of evoke like a, a story of like what your arm is doing you know yeah 
like perma, so, uh, permadeath for characters. You know, if they, you lose them on the field, oh yeah, maybe you roll, and if like four, five, or six, they're dead forever. Teemu, he's been on in the past, and he talks about running a campaign where if you lost uh, a character in the game, you couldn't use him for one game. There was like a uh, you have to sit out a game with yeah, that character. Exactly. So it kind of forces you to play other options and experiment more. Uh, I was going to say this at the end, but at the end of the stream, Michael Chanel said something like super ominous, like he does about how, you know, you got to think bigger guys, like something to the effect of like, you know, playing the game in ways that like you haven't even have imagined yet or like Ooh. something, something like, what does that mean? I yeah. think, well, I don't want to speculate, but well, obviously I do want to speculate, but I, I wonder, is he talking about some sort of like thematic way of playing? Like, having some other elements where there are more experience-based or territory or, or things like that. Yeah. I don't well, know what it could mean. Like, I think between you and I, we have a pretty enormous collection. So we could probably make a lot of gigantic battles. I think you could start talking about like more than two players. You can talk about yeah. a campaign. You could talk about gaining experience. You know what I mean? What like, about a deck building component where it's like you start off the campaign and you just have certain cards and you can add them in or something. Mm -hmm. That's cool. I don't know. You can yeah. like spend points to unlock or like maybe your cards have like, maybe there's alternative like neutral cards that anyone can purchase or something and add to their deck. I don't know. Or, or there's like, you know, similar to like Arkham Horror, right? Like there's, uh, let's say you have like, you start with the basic Stark deck and you have your commander or something, or you have a generic commander that's like level one. He's got like crappy, like his extra cards are kind of crappy, but then like, as he like gains experience and like you fight more battles, then you can like introduce a certain number of other cards that are like level two cards. Similar to how like Arkham, you can kind of like throw in like a, you know, you take a card out and put a new card in. You yeah. Sort of slowly like juice up your tactics deck as your guy like kind of learns the. Oh, that could be interesting. Out. Yeah. So I don't know. I, you know, I'm, I'm hoping there'll be some, well, you know, I just hope there's some cool people speculating. I hope there's some speculation that sounds really cool. Like sometimes in people being like, could it be this? Could it be that? We just see like cool ideas. <laughs> so sure. I'm hoping we see you all run with that. Well, and, and then, uh, you know, there's no reason the community can't just like make up the, uh, that, that, how hard yeah. would that be to implement? I don't think it's super hard at not all. Not that hard at all. Especially if you're not really interested in like ultra balance, you know what I mean? If you're mostly focused right. on like a cool game, you can totally pull it off. So if people are thinking about that, feel free to reach out to us and like maybe we can brainstorm some ideas and it'd be really cool to see that develop. I don't know if that's what he's referencing. Who knows? But And then, then he like stepped into a, a portal. Yeah. And warped yeah, into just, the underworld. He threw his cloak up over his face and turned into bats and just evaporated. <laughs> um, and then, you know, so now we're getting up here to the uh, the big guns. Oh, yeah. So we've got the Targaryen Mother of Dragons miniatures. So there is a box set coming out in the oh. future we know is slated for release called the Mother of Dragons. And we get to see Daenerys and three juvenile dragons. I know Very we had cool. one one dragon, the, the middle one in the back. And I don't know if that's Drogon. Uh, he was revealed at Simon Expo. There wasn't anything like I didn't know if it was going to be like just one model that came in a box or oh, this whole set is one box. I could see people maybe even buying like multiple sets of this to like display or like yeah. to paint up or use for like D and D games or something. Well, and I wonder. I mean, is this going to cost as much as a regular box? Because it seems like there's a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, I, don't know. A, I mean, I don't know. How, we don't really know how big. Well, so the scale. stone throwers are actually in a bigger box. It's like slightly thicker. Mm. And I wonder, is there a way? Because Daenerys is pretty small. Yeah. 
Oh, I don't know. Uh, maybe they're perfectly shaped in like that Simon puzzle way. They like fit in the box perfectly with like the little plastic thing on them. Totally. With some overlap. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh, Very God, cool. those look good. Yes. And they showed with this three stat cards, but we could only see really Drogon stats. But we do see that they each have a, a ranged and a melee and a four plus armor. They each have movement of six. They're all juvenile dragons. Okay. And I think... And this isn't probably, you know, like, this might be obvious, but they labeled it juvenile dragons, which makes me think we're going to have other types of dragons. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're literally going to, you can print money with this. <laughs> like, yeah, just, yeah. Just, so juvenile dragons, they have eight wounds and never make morale tests. This model ignores units and terrain while moving because of, it's basically, it's like flying. At the start of its activation, it makes a free maneuver action. Wow. So they're going to be a little bit hard to pin down. Uh-huh. I just thought of that second part this model ignores units in general that is so good Gross. considering what you're about to say yeah so their armor oh you're gonna armor offense what are you i'm thinking you fly directly over a unit land behind them and then burn yeah. alive so it's black fire ability it's a sh it's short range attack or a melee attack it's got vicious does not allow does not make you roll to hit. It does D3 plus three wounds automatically, and one enemy within short range of that unit becomes panicked. This is heinous. Yeah. I mean, just think about it. It's like it can use its free maneuver, like if you get close enough to it, right? Mm -hmm. Free maneuver soars right over one of your units, turns around, burns them up. You can't even counter charge. And you're panicked, or yeah. someone nearby is panicked, or you're panicked. You got a vicious attack. So you're gonna do. And you're taking at least a minimum, a minimum rank down instantly. Yeah. Boom. Yes. Then you got to take your panic test. Think about this giants. Oh, God. Just vaporize them. Now, the thing is, though, they got four plus armor. Yeah. And eight, eight wounds. wounds. It's not like giants where it's like two hits equals one wound. Right. They aren't that tough. No. But no. they are the definition of like, I mean, I wouldn't say they get glass cannon, but they are, their damage is front loaded. Like, I think they're a glass cannon. I think because if you if you get out of position with these, they'll die in one in one swing. You yeah. know, not all a the charge time, of the reroll. Like, yeah, yeah, a pretty decent attack with like a like, you know you, you send in a pretty big unit against these guys. Like you can totally do eight da eight damage in a turn. I mean, that's, that's a pretty huge attack, and there's no morale. But like, oh still, god, that's why you very... take the attack zone and mm -hmm. like two attacks in a row. That's two d three plus six wounds. If you rolled threes on those, or they failed their panic tests. Yeah, you just burned a unit down. Yeah. And on top of that, we saw three tactics cards for Daenerys Targaryen, Mother of Dragons, Fire Made Flesh. So we don't know what that is. Dragon's Flight. I'm assuming something to do with maneuvers. Feels like it. And then Dracaris. And Dracaris is when Daenerys's unit activates. One friendly Drogon, Rhaegal, or uh, Viserion unit within short range may make a free unit uh, may make a free attack action. So you could get. If you leave the melee attack zone open, you get three attacks off in a, in a turn, Ooh. in a round, That's with a Guaranteed a kill a unit yes. of infantry. So, yeah. And it's nuts. Do you think, I mean, I wonder how the points will work out is really what it is. Because right now, Targaryens yeah. have some expensive units. Yeah. Can you huh. maybe field all three dragons? Or is it literally like you show up to play with like your three dragons and Daenerys, and you're like, okay, boys, let's do this. Like... Well, they gotta have enough points for da Daenerys to fit in a unit. Yes, otherwise okay, that's a good point. Feel, you know, she has to be on. She the is a battlefield commander. Yeah, correct. So it's gotta be. I mean, I don't well, know what's what's the you, cheapest you your... ground unit for 
Targaryen. Neut- for neutrals, uh, you know, maybe some Stormcrow mercenaries. No, oh, but for, know, for Targaryen specifically, just the nine point oh, swordmasters. Yeah, the nine point swordmasters. But <laughs> as Michael Chennault will often point out, chase, chase, chase. You're a you're a free folk player. You're forgetting the whole neutral faction. Michael Chennault, uh, if you're listening, I'd like to know. That was a solid impression. I will. That say was pretty that. good, right? I'm actually sitting in a dark corner with the lights turned out, waiting yeah. for someone to walk in the room and just. Hello. There's sort of like a chill in the room as soon as you said. <laughs> There's frost on the window pane in the middle of summer. <laughs> like, what's going on? Uh, you know, I don't know if I'd want to put her in like Bolton cutthroats or something though. Yeah. Um, maybe, you know, actually we have Blackguard, uh, Blackguards, six points. That's a pretty tanky unit. But otherwise, yeah, drop and an unsullied swordmaster is like she's gonna be okay. No, no, uh, no tokens getting put on you, you know, pretty good unit there. But like that's a lot of points. Yeah. But even that, like three of these units, yeah, you activate your even if your opponent like charges your, you know, charges your unsullied sword masters, then you're activate your drogon and attacks, activate it, your Rhaegar, like you know, just one, two, three activations. You're just right. melting things. Well, and assuming these all have like similar abilities, we don't know what the other two dragons' attacks look like. I mean, I hope they're not all exactly the same. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, so know. okay. What does that next one say? Jack. Oh, golden is the back one. Oh, jade. You think they're all just colors? Yeah. J A D. So yeah, jade, jade fire, golden fire, fire, black fire. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they probably have different attack profiles. Like, or or I I could totally be wrong, but they all have like the asterisk in their attacks. What's interesting is, yeah. So basically, it seems like you probably aren't rolling no matter what. Um, I mean, maybe maybe they're all. The oh same. no! It I mean, says so. Black fire is the name of the ability. Yeah. So it's got to be Jade Fire. What would you think? It's like panicked, vulnerable, weakened. Could be. I mean, how how good is vulnerable as a unit when you're dealing automatic wounds? Oh, maybe you're right. I was just trying to think. Like, is it you know, what yeah. would be three different things that are game effects? But I guess it doesn't have to be game effects. They could well, whatever could be, they want. They could have a long range attack. You know what I mean? Like maybe one of them breaks oh, fire further. It could be. You know, one of them is better in close combat. You know, and I mean, like, there's one of them heals your units if you stand in its flames. Yeah. No, maybe no. it's like, <laughs> we don't know. Maybe you're right. I don't know. Something crazy from the books that, that's not in the books, though. I don't know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> one of them picks up a unit and moves it for you. You just use it to like portably transport stuff. Yeah. No, no, we're getting way out there. But maybe, who knows? I mean, that's the fun. Right now, it's, it's a Schrodinger's dragon, right? It could be, it could not be. It could be anything. We don't know what's inside the twisted mind of Michael Chanel and all those guys. Like, we don't. It could be nothing. You get the unit, and it's just a blank spot, and it just says "ha ha ha." Like, and you have to take all three. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, or like they have to activate one after another or something. Well, mm-hmm. no, I wouldn't say that if it's not on this top one. But I mean, baseline. If you're thinking like, let's assume that they're thinking that the person's going to be playing, you know, Daenerys in a unit of. The Swordmasters plus three of these dragons, like that seems pretty strong. As a free folk player, I think this might be not as scary. Oh no, a free folk, free folk would jack this list all day long. Like I'm, I'm, uh, I'm used to my units getting melted, and yeah. honestly, D three plus three wounds is about how much damage I'd be taking from most things. <laughs> so right. it's like, yeah, go ahead, kill some raiders, and like the vicious gonna uh, hurt too, though. Against oh, um, you're right, you're right, it will. I'm maybe being gonna, overly confident. Yeah, these, these things are like, gonna definitely hurt. That's gonna be like two and a half ranks every time they attack. But so I've taken like you know Knights of Castle Rocks with the mountain that rides into my flank, and like that hurts. Yeah. 
this oh, will yeah. be up there too. The hard part is this is gonna be the maneuverability. I guess trappers could start to ding them, but eight wounds is still a lot. Even if I Tra did roll trappers three, would be rough. Yeah. But like, even if I roll three, it's still you know you're still gonna be melting a lot of stuff down. I think the trick is really the maneuverability. They're gonna have a free act, the free maneuver, which they can just go through a unit if they want yeah. to, right? Baratheons are gonna get hurt the most by this. You think? Baratheons are gonna get roasted. What do they do? Um, like their their maneuverability sucks so bad anyway. It's like what? those knights of the stag being like, "We're moving our four inch maneuver, and then yeah. we march yeah. eight. Like, I mean, you're I gonna have to you're gonna have to pull off your counter attacks like really successfully. Well, you just stop, right? I just maneuver over, fly over really close, and be like, I either I fly out of your arc, or I just stop yeah. and like be like, bye. You just you'll just have to like stack your units up so that's not possible somehow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you'll have to like be in like a block formation and, and have like counter charges available. So that if you do the trick where you fly over somebody and land behind them, that like, I've got somebody like, a you know, a tray's distance behind that to be able to just charge immediately in the rear, you know, like there's, Oh, I'm excited to try this out though. Or have oh, you tried? Yeah. I want, I want like, you know, I can add it. I'm, I'm definitely going to pick it up and I'm sure you'll have some too, but like set up, uh, you know, I just want to like run multiple armies into them and be like, okay, now I'm gonna try Starks. Like what happens? Like, okay, now I want to try my free folk. Like, what happens? Yeah. Like, what do these dragons do? We'll have to stress test them, for sure. It's like one of those, uh, like, battle simulator games where, like, what would 300 Spartans do against 10,000 samurai? <laughs> like, let's see. Like, I just want to see yeah. how does this play out. Like, that was a super accurate battle simulator. Yes, game. exactly. Yeah, you just, like, run all these crazy, like, factions. Like one Jedi versus a dragon. <laughs> all right, and then, you know, of course, since I, I picked the show uh, order... Uh, uh -huh. We'll end with Free Folk War Mammoths. Oh my God. Yeah. This is insane. I've been so excited about this for like multiple days now, even leading up to this recording. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it was, and when, when uh, it was revealed on camera, and I, I said this already, it was like a triple threat where we got Free Folk Mammoths. And then I'm trying to find the exact quote here. I wrote it down. So Fabio said, these are hard to control on the battlefield. So they can stomp and trample opponents. But be careful. These are also giant dumb beasts and things can go south. And we know free folk don't like going south. So it was giants reveal. And Fabio made a ridiculous pun. And then I got to see Michael Chanel's like facial expressions responding to Fabio's puns. It was just like three of the best things all in a row. So uh, these are awesome. so hard to control. Yeah. So what are they going to have some like randomized reaction to morale or something or getting too many wounds are going to run away smush stuff on the way out yeah and so they can stomp and trample opponents i don't i wonder if those are like the names of its attacks mm. in the books i think they talked about how like the giants are the ones that like tend and herd the mammoths yeah like i wonder if there's some sort of like if you have to stay within like a zone of control or they do random stuff or maybe mm. if they take enough wounds they behave erratically i could see that or like you know if they like get hit with like because like you know, Show at least, right? They got hit with fire and ran. I remember. Oh yeah. So they do something like that, like where, like, yeah, they take enough damage, so like these bolts, you know, they get spooked and run. I just. But these I, are on siege trays. Like these are yes, huge. Yes. I want to. I honestly, I want to set up a game where we just do like a crazy huge, I don't know, like a two hundred point game on like a six foot long table of just like a giant free folk versus Starks. Let's do. It. So we have a. Uh, I'll you know. Uh, John Davis, uh, Patreon supporter. Thank you so much, man. Uh, or John Davis, longtime supporter. Thank you so much, man. He just did, I think, 100 points versus 100 points of Targaryens versus Starks. 
Awesome. And uh, it looked like the scene in season eight where like the Targaryen riders is like all right off to their death. I don't know who won the battle. Maybe that's what happened. Uh, yeah. But you know, one of the hard things when you're playing a hundred points, like there's not a lot of room for flanks. You got to go with like a bigger table. You got Yeah. Oh yeah. I think he had a longer table, but I mean like even that, like you have a battle line. And so yeah. like you're riding your cavalry across the table. Like there's only the things on the end that you can really get if you're not, right. you know, if they're positioning carefully. So you got to take the units then, you know? Yeah. You got to start using when when it's safe to get together and start playing, we're gonna have to do some sort of giant giant game like yes. that. I think and maybe like an eight by eight table and have like just oh. an enormous like just like bring everything. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. Well, maybe I'll do that. Take some pictures. That'd be so much fun. And then you know, hopefully soon we'll have some uh, some mammoth stomping on stuff. Oh. And the sculpts they've got like these bags with like uh, and I think Chanel on stream or maybe it was after stream, but everyone was like, "What are those? Are those like giant spears or what are those?" Mm -hmm. And they're just decorative spears, I guess. Right. Yeah, like somebody could conceivably grab them and throw them. Yeah. 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 But man, those look amazing. And so I'm hoping whatever it is that it does a good job of trampling Gary units, like Rose Knights or uh, <laughs> uh, even, you know, annoying things like Guardsmen. I'm just like, how long am I going to have to hit them till they disappear? Like, Right. Well, when, one day when I can actually buy Rose Knights, then I will let you know and we can battle it. <laughs> well, you know, this is kind of a weird turn here. I've been super excited. The Gen Con stuff is awesome, guys. I hope everyone is as jazzed as I am. Someone actually posted in the Facebook group that they saw some of this stuff is going up for sale on Walmart. Yeah. And I looked on the site and there were some third-party sellers. And then it seemed like Walmart is just shipping them as well. You know, I don't know what that means. Does that mean that Walmart as a store would carry this game? And would that be good for the game or bad if that happened? I don't know. I mean, it seems like... Yeah, it seems like they carry some CMON stuff, but I also know that like Walmart's been acting as like a storefront for similar to like Amazon, like for like you know third party sellers and, and stuff like that. They can like list things on the Walmart website and sell them. So maybe the... it's just them selling just selling stuff like Amazon then. Because yeah. I mean, I would know... be shocked if Walmart like because they like you know they they they're. Uh, you know their shelf space is at such a premium that it's like so hard to like for something as big as like a you know song of ice and fire starter to be there but like yeah. look at the walmart website under simon alone they've got like tons of stuff they've got all this like zombicide stuff they've got rum and bone stuff so it's like a lot of like i, I wonder if this is really like i don't think you actually store okay because i feel like that would be there's someone who posted about it i didn't see all the yeah I, i'm assuming the thread like exploded on facebook but it was yeah. like a kind of really conflicting moment because it was like oh like what could be worse for like mom and pop stores, right? Because a lot of those stores don't have websites, right? You know, right. some of the bigger chain or larger stores like have online sales uh, stores. Um, but what about the small mom and pop stuff where you go in and they're going to like help you pick a game because they have experience in gaming and they know what might be good for your values or your interests. Yeah. Um, and so that's like horrible for those communities. And but yet like maybe walmart isn't doesn't compete with them at all like maybe yeah. people who are going to buy stuff at walmart walking by like they might have never walked into a gaming store anyway and maybe it's just good to get the game out there into more hands totally. i don't know i think i think the stuff that is available i think it's actually cool like a lot of like places like you know target and stuff they have like a little bit or, or barnes and noble you know barnes and noble the x-wing stuff i remember when i had yeah. my i get my teacher discount i could be like 
oh crap, do I get this thing or do I go to Barnes and Noble and be like, I'll take a discount on this for <laughs> educational purposes? Now, you know, and yeah. it's like, but I that's also there's... like not supporting the mom and pop store. Like it's, like, it's just like this conflicting thing, mm. you know? Yeah, but the the thing is like, there's a, still a ton. Of, like it's obvious to us because we've been around this for so long. But like, there's still tons and tons of people that have like no idea what's out there for tabletop. So yeah. like, you know, them walking by and saying like, oh clue or monopoly this is something kind of cool like what is this you know and then they're like yeah there's this whole giant section of you know at this point much better games you know there's so much cool stuff out there that they can like try out like they have those new um escape rooms in a box if you do like unlock or um escape you know yeah uh, there, there's tons of really unique things that like you know, you wouldn't have found otherwise. So maybe not a sky is falling situation. Although I remember there were times with X Wing when it was like, um, I didn't really buy a lot of ships from Barnes and Noble. Actually, now I think of it, but I did buy. I think they were Y wings. Mm-hmm. I remember there was a time when I was just like, I can't seem to get this ship anywhere. Yeah. Then I went to Barnes and Noble, and I'm like, oh, they just have them like here in like a bin. Like, and I was like, okay, like, yeah, here we go. Like, I just get them here. Sometimes it's cool that like you get some stuff that's like like out of print everywhere else, but like people don't really go there to seek it out. You know what I mean? Like there's a thing in, in like magic, for example, where if a, if a product is done really, really well, a lot of mom and pop stores will actually mark it up. They'll like kind of like jack up the price because they know that, um, you know, people will pay it. Right. So there there was like this case where they had these mystery booster boxes and they were you know, supposed to retail for like maybe 100 bucks, 110 and then stores were selling them for like 200 because people had just you know, went crazy on buying them. But like, if you went to like a target or a Walmart, not that they sell booster boxes, but if you go there and buy like commander decks, for example, they're always retail. They, they do not, they don't know yeah. or have any care in the world that like, this is selling more than normal, you know? Yeah. But, but like, you know, there was a commander deck that, that was worth like $40. So of course that's the one everybody bought. And, you know, then stores started noticing and jacked up the price of just that one deck by like 10 bucks. Right. So like, you know, target and Walmart don't, don't have that insight. into it. So the, I, I think it's like, obviously support your friendly local game store. If you could spend a couple extra bucks there and like, you know, and, and like, you know, have a place to play that's a million times better than buying at a Walmart. But I don't think it's like pure evil. I think there's actually another side of the coin where it does expose more people to the hobby who like don't encounter it, you know, on the right. Own. Because I guess if you're going to want to play that, I mean, a lot of people just play at home. And that's what's so yeah. great about this game is it doesn't have to be a store game. You can play it on your kitchen table. Um, it's a super casual game and that you can just right. open up and just jump in. Yeah. But at the same time, it is also a game that is played in gaming clubs and, and stores. So maybe yeah. them seeing and picking it up, then they'll end up going and, and becoming part of a local community so they can play with other people. Right. Be well, a unifying factor. Like, would you rather play? I mean, you know, you have a good setup at your house, but like, let's just say like you didn't have all that terrain and stuff. But yeah. Like, you know, it, would you rather play at a place like Mythicos or would you rather play like on a coffee can represent? Oh, like right. Yeah. Obviously play like, at like a, a real store. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah of and course. that's why, you know, I also drive all the way out to Sarge's comics too. It's like, yes, partially that because like, you know, it's in new London, Connecticut. It's a, it's like got, you know, in a city, it's got a modest space because it's like space is a premium there, but it's yeah. also like, you know, the community there too. Right. Oh, totally. Where it's like, it's not just me having one or two people over. You can go there and it'd be like 10, 15 people playing games and, you know, that's a different sort of energy. Yeah, hundred percent. Same, same here. You know, we have a great store in Milford called uh, Hawkwood Games. It's just like you know, it's more of a magic shop. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great place, like with like a like ton of players. Like you know, and it's one of those things where you know, you pay five bucks, you you play there all night long, you get a couple, you know, a cup of coffee or whatever, maybe a beer, and you're like just hanging out and 
you know, you get to play with a whole bunch of different people. Kind of cool. Uh, as, as you know, they're 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 definitely still very much in need for that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. We had to meet up there sometime because uh, I've only been there once, and I actually played a song of ice and fire there. Really? We, like we went and took like their biggest table spot, and it's like us, you know. It's a kind of a smaller place. We'd like sign up for it, a table. It definitely is, yeah. And uh, we just like took over this whole thing. And I was like, oh, I feel like such a jerk. As like yeah. more people started coming in. And I'm like, there's like eight or nine people like spread out on these bigger tables. And I've got like me and one person with a a spot. But luckily, A Song of Ice and Fire is also a pretty quick game. So that wasn't so, wasn't so 100%. bad. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely like that one. It's not like a really like a war game store. I mean, like they have people who play it and they sell some of that stuff. But it's not like a big, like it's not like a games workshop place or anything right. like that. Like, not like Portal or some of the other places in Connecticut that or Sarge's, you know. Yeah, uh, Dragon's Lair. Yeah. There's a, I don't know. So, I mean, it's interesting. I think the game's exploding. And even though COVID-19, like, we haven't been able to get games in because, you know, social distancing, like, the game's still doing really well. And I think we're going to emerge from this period in an awesome spot. Mm-hmm. And I think Gen Con just reaffirms that. Um, I do want to address a criticism. So there were some people that were really disappointed that there was only a bunch of alt sculpt reveals. Yeah. Despite yeah. the fact that we had like dragons and mammoths and Greyjoy reveals, I do think, you know, in past years, they had like, you know, an early release of Baratheons where like shipped out mm-hmm. um, a limited number of boxes so that people could get a hold of them early. Um, yeah, but this is a really, you know, I think this is unusual times. And what do you really totally. expect them to do on a virtual stage like this? Um, yeah. You know, production lines have been hampered. You know, I, I think, you know, in my book, like, this is like, I thought this was a great Gen Con reveal and you know yeah could they have done more sure but i think this is enough and uh you know i think we've got so much stuff coming on the line it's a it's a good time to be in a song of ice and fire player and i'm just excited for where things are going yeah i mean you have to remember too it's like probably relative to the size of the game like they're probably not able to put out an equal number of units for every faction as they keep adding factions right because that just becomes exponentially harder to do you know, right. when you have two factions, it's not that hard to put out, you know, two different units for a faction within a year. But then if you have 10 factions, now you have to, you know, that you have to design two for each of those. It's, it's really, really challenging. What do you think the ideal release schedule is? Like, what are some release schedules that you are used to in other games? Like, as it kind of moves towards a quarterly approach, uh-huh. is that a good thing, a bad thing? You're like, that's not fast enough. Any... I think it depends on who you ask. I mean, I think X-Wing was, uh, you know, their waves were, you know, twice a year, three times a year at the most, uh, especially early on, like it took time for them to develop uh, additional ships. I think what's good about that is it does give them time for, you know, the stuff to develop. So they have a little bit of like, you know, lead time, um, make sure that the supply chain is strong enough to support everything. They have like a good, like predictable, you know, sort of like, pre-order season you know what i mean i think that's yeah. something that's really it can be very frustrating to people to like have like a rough estimate of like when something's due to come out and then like it gets missed but like obviously covid being what it is that, that screwed up everything uh yeah but i do think that that's something that it's not limited to simon ffg is also hard yeah. uh yeah. you know but simon gets so much hate because when they switched distributors early on when like things yeah. really exploded and they're like oh my gosh like yeah we're switching distributors. We're going to make this better. And there was that delay, like right. that stigma never got through. Well, I feel and like so- Euro- European still has been a problem. Yeah. People who in Europe, like trying to like get, has also been a But as many, it was like a French company or something. You know, if you're, if you're, if you really want to enjoy the game, but everything's going to print forever, I could see that being like exhausting and annoying, right? Like if you just can't get a hold of stuff or it's getting marked up like crazy because it's not like, you know, it's 
because it's like, you know, hard to find. Uh, that's also annoying. Um, I don't think, I mean, that has been my experience, but also like, you know, in the US, I don't think distribution has been as bad for us, and especially if you pre-order things. But yeah. there is a cycle where if you miss the pre-order and it sells out, it takes a while for them to be stopped again. So I don't know, like that's a good good reason. I'll kind of like, if you are interested in the unit, make sure you buy it. In advance right. If it's, if it's that dra- drums up some interest too, right? You're like, oh man, I want to get this new thing because uh, it might be a little while to the second wave of it. That, and that's yeah. a kind of like, this may be, might be taken the wrong way, but like, it's kind of a good problem. It's like, oh, we sold out of like all our Night's Watch starter cool. sets. Like we got to do another print run. And it's like, yes. Yes. Good. If they're selling out, like, yeah, that means the game's growing and it's really popular. Right. Well, because, like, you know, overprinting is like a, a massive amount of for a company because, right. You know what I mean? If, if they, if they order twice as many as they need, not only does it cost them money to produce, but then also like to warehouse all the copies of a box that nobody needs, you know? And so, yeah. you, and then the problem is if you under order, um, you know, then what, what ends up happening is, you, you just like you how you sell out and like your supply chain is like months behind right because you're producing in asia it's got to come over yeah. on, a, on a cargo ship and like that takes months right so, quarantine and yeah yeah the if you ever listen to um team covenant they did an episode back when like the game wingspan came out mm-hmm. talking all about how difficult it is to properly anticipate like how many games you should order and like how there's the whole system like from retailers to wholesalers to the publishers is like a really tough system to get into um and, and to, to predict accurately those guys just did a live stream of a song of west and fire the miniatures game i know so it'd be great to connect with them and, and hear what they think about the game um, i really liked it i wish i didn't get a chance to see. yeah no there was a strong community support it was it got a little a little touch and go there when people were jumping in being like they were, people kind of like opened the box and were they had maybe read through the rules and were just playing for the first time and people were saying like oh that's a rat or change that or this and I was like oh gosh like <laughs> it's sort of like getting in the way of them being able to play the game but I think we just have a very like excited community like you know we're very yeah. enthusiastic yeah well I mean that's the thing it's like our game still hasn't gotten a ton of mainstream heat I think it's like you know board gaming in, in space and like I think it is like one of those hidden gems uh, where when people do like actually sit down and play it's like wow this is awesome based on like yeah. one of the strongest ips in the world you know literally so i think there's no reason why it, it shouldn't be like crazy wildly popular i think it's just one of those things where i think it just needs more battle reports like high quality produced yeah. battle reports like i've i told you chase i've been watching those 40k in 40 minutes i don't even play yeah. 40k you know i haven't played 40k since i was a kid but it's one of those things where they do such an incredible job you know that game takes like three hours and the, the whole thing is done in 40 minutes um you know but like like people who take the time to like put stuff out like that where it like Absolutely. plays the game like in a really i think like that like game nights for magic like there's some real content producers and i think sunday games. slaughter is a youtube channel that's kind of doing that like so mm-hmm. chris is a great videographer so oh, really? getting more content like that is is key and i think you know yeah. the high quality content is is absolutely 100 percent a must yeah. but everybody out there guys you all have cameras you have phones you can post things like the more this game gets talked about the better yeah just we want people to be aware and like you know it's really on the player base to do that in a lot of ways like yeah play a place where people can see and it's i think it's just tough right now because even like a content producer you know people can't really get together to like play yeah to film it you know what i mean right so so it's one of those things where it does it, it is it is a challenge but 
don't know. I think that's that's uh, that's something that would kind of push us to that next level. I think you know, Astral Gorilla Games has done some pretty good battle reports as well. Oh yeah, uh, and I think he was saying so. He was on the uh, the community stream. I think they're opening up. They're going into phase three. He's out above Toronto. It's a little bit more isolated. And so I think he was saying this week is like their first time that they're getting people together to like start playing some more battle reports. Oh, nice. With like proper precautions in place, but like, yeah, they're back to in-person gaming. So it's like, you know, he's still been churning out stuff, but like, it'll be nice to see you get back into the sort of full, full swing. Yeah. Yeah. But this sort of gotten off in a weird direction, but it was great to <laughs> great to catch up and talk about it, man. Yeah, uh, man. I'm, I'm so excited to get back to gaming. So hopefully things start to really go well. And, uh, you know, COVID starts to clear up or there's a way that we can, we can get the game in, in person. Yeah. I know some people though are back to like with certain distances, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Maybe this area will, will be like that soon. I think people should be excited to be pumped. This is a good time to be a gamer, a Song of Ice and Fire gamer, even if it's hard times. Like the game you guys love is doing well. We got cool Gen Con stuff. We know all this cool stuff is coming down the line. Chanel's leaving cryptic messages about something big coming, you know, so we'll we'll see what that is. So, you know, stay excited, guys. And in the meantime, we hope you get your miniatures on the table. <laughs>